It's hilarious how often the characters sit down to eat dinner at this point. Like, I love it. I actually enjoy that because that's the only part of the the episodes I can usually follow. Oh, you couldn't follow the fight scene? Okay, this fight scene (laughs) was actually easier to follow than the one on top of the plane. It was, although it did take me about... 75% 75% of the fight scene to realize that Sublime was inside of a mech suit fighting them. Really? I got that immediately. I thought he was somewhere else controlling the robot. No. Remotely. I was immediately like, this is Sublime inside there. He's in Big O and he's ready to take out the X-Men. Well, I figured it out eventually. <laughs> I just, I, I didn't feel like they really made it that clear. They didn't show him like strapping it on and getting into a robot and then being like, time to fight in a robot. It was just like suddenly <laughs> Sublime had a mech suit that he's never previously had. And we're just supposed to be like, oh, yeah, of course. I mean, course he does. I don't know how I figured it out because Sublime's history of the comic books is 100% different from this. And Not I don't know this? if they do more with it in the show. Like, I legitimately don't know if we reveal. I don't either because I'm pretty sure he's dead now. He shouldn't be. He exploded twice. Okay. So Sublime in the comic books isn't like anything. He's bacteria that infects people. So he could be a man or a woman Mm -hmm. or whatever or or an animal, but Sublime's the bacteria. Okay. It takes over somebody's body. So in this, he's like a cyborg guy with like a telescope lens eye. Well, I mean, supposedly... I mean, this the, ver- the version of Sublime. <laughs> oh, but you're saying you're saying maybe it's going to be revealed that Sublime is still this bacteria, and he's going to infect someone else and be like, "No, I'm Sublime." Yeah. I mean, I guess they could do that. They got they got a few episodes left. We're only halfway through the show because it's twelve episodes. Also, I'm Maddie. Also, <laughs> I'm Ryan, and I was going to say that. Okay, I love this show. It's very good. I love all the yep. horror stuff. Great stuff. Love the X Men anime. The dialogue, very good. This is a podcast where we watch every adaptation of the X Men. Blah blah blah. Theme song. Yeah. Here. You know, you know, you, you know, you know what's going on. It's the mutant ages. You're listening. You want to hear us talk about the X Men. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power growing wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures. feel like with this show despite it being very good like love the horror love the dialogue love the fight scenes that the next day because we usually watch this at least me within 24 hours of recording yeah yeah yeah. i also watched it yesterday we both did when i like wake up the next day i literally cannot remember what happened most of the time yeah and it's like same i'm enjoying the show it's a fun show i just feel like there's not a lot of memorable parts except for like the horror shit and then like Everything in between yeah. is very slow, whereas like X-Men, the animated series and X-Men Evolution had a lot of emotional weight for me. And then the shit that I don't like about Wolverine, the X-Men in the movies was at least stupid enough to like stick yeah. out for me. There is something weird about this show where I think because so few things happen in an episode, it's like hard to kind of place your mind onto what the full episode is. And also it's so 
story-based over multiple episodes. So, like, this episode introduces Yui Sasaki, but we don't know who the fuck she is yet. So, it's not like this episode's about her. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like... I already forgot she was in there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what I'm saying, though, where it's like everything is so incremental that it's not like this episode is about that. The episode's about, like the X-Men traveling to back to Japan and then having a fight scene and then they get lost and they, it's like it, multiple things happen and yet nothing happens. This is anime stuff. Like this is just how it moves. Yeah. And I also feel this way when I watch a lot of other animes where there's like moments in episodes that will really stick out to me. And then I will not remember thing in between until I rewatch it again. I'm like, Oh yeah, that happened. Mm-hmm. I mean like anime is slow. I mean, and it's subtle. It's subtle. And a lot of it is like based on a person's facial expression being suspicious. Like there's a shot of mastermind's eyeball in this episode for like a full two minutes. Like I was like, what is going <laughs> on here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, check out this guy's face. Just look at his face for a second. That's who that is. I sometimes think that anime is designed to like go on as long as it possibly can. Because yeah, I sometimes mean, it is. Sometimes it literally is. Like, hello, Dragon Ball. Like, there's a reason why we're talking about filler episodes on Dragon Ball, you know? Did you ever watch Inuyasha where the pilot is like, we have this shard that exploded into a thousand pieces and now we have to find all 1,000 pieces. And it's like the future now. They have like a whole nother show. I don't even know if like they're still finding the pieces or not, but they're... It's like stuff like that where it goes on forever and ever. That it's just designed to never end. I mean, you got to catch them all. Pokemon. I mean, it's like it, there's always going to be more Pokemon, you know? Hundreds and hundreds and okay. hundreds and hundreds of Pokemon. I love you to use that as a reference because it literally just ended. Okay, but it didn't though, Ryan. Ash Ketchum may that's be done, I mean. but that doesn't mean Pokemon's over. It's not fucking that's so over. Fucking it's weird. never going to end. I can't get over they're going to have somebody that's not Ash. And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, why didn't you just keep Ash? They've had kids who aren't Ash forever. Is it be, They've already wouldn't had. Wouldn't it be crazy if it was like Ash's child? I, I mean, I have no idea who would want to fuck Ash Ketchum. Yeah, but. I don't think it's going to be Ash's child, first of all. But also, they've had other trainers on the show. They've had other kids. It would be funny if it was his kid, but it was like his adopted kid, because when he got older, him and Gary Oak finally like put aside their differences. It was like, yo. Yeah, that's that's definitely what's going to happen. <laughs> Professor Oak's like, oh great, God. we're one big family. I was fucking your mom this whole time, Ash. Yeah, they anyway. don't even need to confirm that. Everybody knows that. Um, <laughs> so my point is, there's hundreds and hundreds of those episodes, but it's just funny because the Marvel anime, each of them is only like 12 episodes. So it's like, yeah. why are you killing time? But I, I I, think what I'm trying to say is that it's not so much that these are filler episodes, like, you know, Dragon Ball style, where like Goku's charging up for six episodes before he finally <laughs> fights somebody. Or like Naruto when they try and cross a fucking bridge for six episodes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's not like that. It's more like where the episodes start and stop feels very random to me. Like, it's not like, oh, this is the episode about the fight scene with Sublime, and that's the whole episode is that. It's like, no, this is an episode about six other things, and, like, I don't know why it starts where it starts, and I don't know why it ends where it ends. Just some stuff happens. I will say that this episode actually does end on a really good cliffhanger, where the other ones usually just end with Xavier monologuing about what happened on the show. (laughs) This one actually ends on a really cool point where they're like, who the it fuck does, is this where bitch? you're like wait what the yeah. fuck is going <laughs> yeah. on yeah i i like i yeah. like that and the cliffhanger with yui sasaki is fun and also like i'm sure the next episode will be about her but it's probably gonna be about three other things i mean <laughs> I, <laughs> at the rate we're going all right well it's funny because this episode all right previously on the x-men 
So we know the X-Men went to Japan because they were investigating what happened mm-hmm. to... And they are constantly flying back and forth from Japan and New York, which is a long fucking flight. Like, in this episode, they're like, all right, let's head on back to Japan. I'm like, that's like 12 hours. <laughs> okay, well, whatever. I mean, it's the yeah, X-Men. I know, it's well, great. They're, it's they're great. in Japan because mutants are going missing. They found armor. Armor was missing. And there's this whole thing where Armor and Emma Frost were found captured by the U-Men, run by Mastermind. Yep. Scott thought Emma did it. We spent the entire last episode with Scott trying to get at Emma Frost by harassing her student for the entire episode. And mm-hmm. then it's revealed... Emma allows Xavier to go into her mind and project all of her memories to the entirety of the X-Men, even though initially she was like, I don't want to do that shit. You guys <laughs> just need to let me be an X-Man without going through every memory I ever have. And then eventually she does it just so that she can like prove that Scott is wrong and she wasn't working with Mastermind anymore and she proves it and scott summers goes sorry my b yeah he's like whoops (laughs) that's it that's like that's all he does he's like yeah i guess sorry i don't know he doesn't really give a shit which is hilarious it's a very scott summers in every way um i we were just talking about how much we liked him on this show played by scott porter wonderful performance anyway so emma and hisako are on the x-men now And Emma is actually, like, considered a trusted member of the team. And also, this portrayal of Xavier doesn't go into people's minds without permission, which is crazy to watch. (laughs) But it also means he's completely ineffectual because he doesn't go with the team on missions. So now he has, like, nothing to do. Like Because he's not emotionally manipulating politicians anymore, he has, like, absolutely nothing to do, which is, like, really funny to watch because it's, like, this is the nicest version of Xavier we've ever seen. But all he does is sit around the mansion going... Boy, the X-Men are sure are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude, they really are. They really, really are. And that's, that's all you have I to mean, say, I that's guess. That's pretty much all that happened. Oh, yeah, there's the the virus that's going around. That's actually an important component yeah, to this episode. So the, the U-Men, okay, so the U-Men are anti-mutant cyborgs who hate mutants but are also working for a mutant who is mastermind still not clear why that's happening and also not clear why they're infecting mutants with a virus that causes their mutant powers to go out of control also not clear as to why there are so many mutants in this one area of japan where hisako is from and also this mysterious institute called the sasaki institute that has been sort of said to us in the background as like a mysterious location but we don't know anything about it and we learn a little bit more about it in this episode. Sort of. Kind of. I mean, we learned that, that Armor went there as a kid. We didn't know that before. Well, that's, that's a big That's reveal. a reveal later when she... Well, we'll get there when we get there. That's, per, that's a hilarious yes, scene. Yes, but up till now, Xavier knows what the Institute is. But when he tried to go to their website, it was like 404-ing. So he was like, huh, I guess it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't know why he was doing that. We were like, what's this website? I, oh, so legitimately i don't I, i've not seen the end of this show so i don't know yep. what happens but do you think the sasaki institute was doing some shady shit because that of course is sort of like the vibe oh yeah because there's a lot of suspicious shit going on because it's like why are all of these mutants in japan suddenly like did they create some sort of weird device that is like causing the x gene to manifest in more people yeah and also like what happened to the sasaki institute and also why did sasaki brainwash 
Hisako into not remembering she ever attended. Right. And also like That's that very is, Professor that Xavier, Xavier of her. And then also there's like <laughs> mastermind projecting images of Emma Frost around. Yeah. Like there's a lot. It's interesting. It's interesting. There's yeah. a lot of foreshadowing of things that we're like, what is this? We still don't know who the child is that Xavier nope. keeps seeing. Yeah, Xavier has has a weird dream about a kid and, and he is also starting to be like, is Yui Sasaki involved? But we don't know who that is. We're just kind of hearing Xavier say that and we're like, what? I do think that what this show does really well is it's throwing us off the trail of whatever they're setting up. There's a lot of moving pieces and yes. that is probably why it moves as slow as it does. But like, I truly don't know where it's going, but not in a bad way. Like, I know. And I love that about the show. I, I think that's awesome. And I, I mean, there were some things about this fight scene that I thought were pretty goofy, but I really enjoyed watching it, you know? Like, I I liked this episode. I thought it was fun. I felt that this fight scene was easier to watch than the one on top of the plane. Oh, Phenomenally more. (laughs) (laughs) I could tell what was going on. (laughs) The only things I thought were funny was that it was like, each X-Men attacking Sublime individually and like the rest of them standing around waiting. You know what I mean? Like it's like that classic X-Men TAS thing where like each individual character is like, ah, now I'll use my power. Oh, that didn't work. This is actually just a JRPG situation where we're doing a turn-based. Yes, it's like a fucking turn-based battle where Sublime is like, and now I'm going to use my my water on the fire Pokemon. (laughs) Like it's, I I don't know why I'm going with Pokemon for this today, but you know what I'm saying, where he like, he has specialized attacks for each X-Men and for some reason, none of them know what to do except Beast who saves the day because it's Beast. Okay, wait until we get to there because that's your favorite part. So It's so funny. uh, Anyway, so we're at Xavier's Institute for like two seconds. They're like talking about about the valley in Japan being a dead zone again. Yeah, so they're still in New York City only for one second flat because Xavier's like, "Uh, all you guys need to go back to Japan. And they're like, okay. (laughs) And also the other reason that I, I think we forgot to get into in the previously on Yet another crazy, mysterious thing about this northern region of Japan where these the, all these mountains are and everything, and the U-men were hiding out. Cerebro can't detect anything in this area. So that's how it's possible that there's now like 100 mutants living there that Xavier didn't know existed, which is crazy. It's like, what what's going on? Why are, these, why are there like 47 people here manifesting mutant powers? And a lot of them are like actually sick too, which is like a whole other yeah. piece to this, but we're yes, not there yet. Because they have this virus that the human have seemingly given to them, but we'll get there. So Xavier's like, okay, go back to Japan. And they're all like, okay, cool. And then we see masterminds hide out. I think. And uh, Sublime is talking to him on the phone. This is the first time he actually calls him Sublime, by the way. So we finally have that confirmation that that's who this dude's supposed to be. (laughs) Yeah. And we still don't know that this is Mastermind. Although at this point, we've seen him in a few other flashback scenes. So I guess we could kind of put it together. And also the subtitles call him Mastermind if you're watching this with subtitles, which I am at this point. Um, So that's useful. So Sublime is like, talking about how the X-Men are flying back to Japan and approaching their airspace because now they're, the X-Men are investigating this dead zone where Cerebro can't reach anything. So they're like, what the fuck is over here? And um, Mastermind's hideout is maybe there, seemingly. Right. Mastermind is like, you told me you could handle the X-Men last time and you guys fucked up pretty bad, <laughs> so I don't believe you. And Sublime is like, it's going to be fine. They end their phone call and then Mastermind's eyeball, which is like, 
purple and green like the fucking joker is like shimmering in in the the nighttime and mastermind is like busy yourselves with distractions x-men just a little more time and i'll have everything i need and i'm just like what are you doing i like (laughs) your version of his voice but like really it's super his voice is way sexier than i can even imitate it's really more like yeah how 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 deep can you go Uh, (laughs) it's really lower he's like busy busy. yourselves with distractions it's more like like, busy yourself with distractions my (laughs) x-men he's got a very mr sinister (laughs) yeah that's actually pretty good i had to like get down there i mean i know okay you're trying to talk to me i'm like maddie i'm trying to drop my voice down all right listen (laughs) i'm I'm yanking at my (laughs) you're like you're like maddie stop busying yourself with distractions i'm becoming mastermind aka mr sinister for some fucking reason (laughs) give me my wine he's so sexy like he is so sexy on this show i can't believe i'm saying this about mastermind but he's like Look at my beautiful. I know. Eye. Well, we don't know what he actually looks like. He could be. He could be like. Uh, do it'd be funny if he's painting illusion over himself, even when he's by himself. You know what? It doesn't he canonically do that though in the comics? He like is kind of. Well, an, he doesn't like a himself. weird looking yeah. dude. Well, in the comics, yeah. he kind of looks like a, like a monkey man, and then sometimes he looks yeah. like. Yeah, and then he kind of makes himself look like a beautiful, sexy, like supermodel man. Yeah. I don't know. I I could totally see him doing that on this show as well. Like, have it just be like, this is his image that he's projecting because he's so pretty. Like, he is like a beautiful Bishonen villain. Yeah, sometimes he's also just Emma Frost. He yes. walks around, he's like, today I'm Emma. <gasps> yeah, okay. He fucking did that at the Dark Phoenix yeah, saga. I know. He fucking did that shit. That was him as far as we I know. know. Anyway. <laughs> so the Blackbird lands in front of Hisako's ski lodge where her parents oh, live. Oh my God, again. this is so and funny. And this was funny to me because I was like, you guys just left. <laughs> And they're back. It's like a day later. And Hisako's dad is like, glad you could make it. And I'm like, why are you saying that? They were just here. Like, for some reason, that line was really funny to me. I'm like, what are you? Also, it just lands in their front lawn, which is really funny. And Hisako... But that's where they always land. Like, and now Hisako's girlfriend runs up. Kyo oh, yeah, goes Kyo back and she's like, you look hey, so Hisako, hot. Hey, You look so hot in your yeah. new outfit. And they're adorable. And... The dad is like, welcome home, Hisako. And I'm like, why were we so worried about Hisako going to New York? I mean, she was only there for a day. Also, it seems a lot safer there than like whatever the fuck's happening here. Oh, you know? definitely. Um, So the mom runs up and she's like, oh, look at you, Hisako. I didn't recognize you. You look so grown up. And the dad thanks Emma for looking after her and is so excited that she's one of the X-Men now. They're very proud of her, which is really cute. This is so anime where every single character has to deliver a line about... Every character says, congratulations, 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 like at the end of Evangelion. it's really Um, funny. But instead, it's like Emma being like, don't thank me. Hisako is fucking great. And she did all these things. And then Logan is like, that's right. Hisako is great. And then Scott's like, that's correct. Hisako is a great student. And Storm is like, that's right. It's like so much. Although Logan does have that line where he's like, yeah, she's so good because Cyclops tried killing her the other day, but she survived. And I was like, <laughs> I know. And that's just like thrown in along with Storm being like, and she's a whip smart student and with a lot of responsibility. And it's like, okay, uh, wait, what? You guys tried to kill our child? <laughs> and they're just like moving on. And Hisako like does a little rehearsed monologue that she like admits that she rehearsed, which is really cute. I liked that. That was fun. Yeah. And then Hisako's dad's like, so anyway, I called all the human survivors. I'm like, damn. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this guy is like on it he's like so i called 37 mutants in the region and they're all waiting for you to help them they're all inside they're all waiting for yeah. you he's like they're all waiting inside honestly i don't know where they are they might all be inside the fucking huge house where the ichikis live 
Um, and he also is like, so all the mutants are just standing by waiting for you guys to come back. But if you want to take a nap first, that's fine. And Beast is like, uh, no, I, I guess I'll just go ahead and <laughs> check out all the mutants because they're fucking here. Oh, yeah. And then Hisako's dad's like, oh, oh, and BT dubs. All the fish are dying in the streams and people are blaming mutants for it. And they're like, and Storms and Logan are like, what? Like, yeah, it's kind of crazy. He's like, hey, so like 16 other crazy things happened while you guys were gone. Like this fucking bridge tore itself up. And I was like, is Magneto going to be on this show? No, it's not. Magneto. <laughs> but they do actually refer to him. Um, and also, like, every single fish ever is dead. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck? Um, so Scott is like, okay, we're going to look into it. So Beast goes to do medical evaluations of all these mutants. Storm and Wolverine go check out the river that's full of dead fish. And uh, Scott and Hisako and Emma go look at the bridge. And this was kind of fun because as he was like delineating what everybody would do, I was like, who's Scott going to look at the bridge with? And then I was like, oh, right. Hisako and Emma are part of the team now. That's so exciting. I like remembered that as he was delineating the assignments because it's cute. I'm glad they're actually part of the team. So then we go to Beast doing medical evaluations. I don't know where they got all the hospital equipment. I'm like, this is not... (laughs) Maybe they're on the Blackbird? Like, I'm actually not sure where this takes place. I don't know where they are, but also, like, uh, Hisaku's girlfriend is being Beast's nurse. Yes! This child? This child is there, like, helping, like, distribute vaccines, which I was like, (laughs) okay. And also, like, all the mutants just trust Beast, which I actually thought was really sweet and kind of sad, because the implication is, like, they can't go to a doctor. There's actually a fucked up moment though, where like Beast leans over at all those mutants, and he's like, he's like, "There's a lot of fucking mutants here. Like, what yeah. is happening? And why can't Cerebro detect them? I know. Why are they all sick? Yeah, all of them have their powers going out of control. Like a guy comes in with like scales growing on his arms, and he's like, I can't control my powers anymore. And it happened right after the human kidnapped me. And Beast is like, Whoa, okay. And this, this at first, I was like, Why is Beast so surprised by this? But admittedly, in the last episode, he was like, I don't yet know what caused the virus. It might not have anything to do with the human. But after interviewing all these patients, B starts to be like, okay, it's got to be related to the human because it's too much of a coincidence otherwise. Yeah, right. So now he has enough data that he's convinced. Um, and somehow he has this antiviral drug that he's developed in two seconds flat that fixes everybody instantly. Well, it's Beast. Yeah, he's a fucking genius. It's great. Yeah, him and him and Forge together, they could just take over the world, honestly. And uh, that's what everybody's so terrified of <laughs> these days with Beast. <laughs> Beast needs... Whatever, we don't need to talk about that again. But I did want to just say, like, in terms of the queer metaphor here, this is really tragic, but I did like it to have Beast be the one administering this, where it's like... This very visibly mutated man who is extremely kind and loving and none of the mutants are afraid of him. They're all just like instantly they're like pulling up their sleeves. They're like, give us the fucking drug, dude. Like no one, no doctor in Japan is ever going to see us. Yeah, because you're all we have. And like that is that is what it's presented as. And I thought that was really sweet. And it's also nice that Kyoko, a human, is there, like, helping out, too. I like that. I well, like the vibes of gay, this scene. So, yeah, I mean... she's gay. So she understands being marginalized <laughs> in life. Um, so then we go to Storm riding on the back of Wolverine's bike. Loved it, by Loved the it. way. Loved him calling her Ro. Thought that was really cute. Yep. And so she's like, the river seems fine. And Logan's like, well, it smells like shit. <laughs> and she's like, okay, that's interesting. So then they get to the end of the river 
And I couldn't even tell what I was looking at at first, but it's like mountains and mountains and mountains of dead fish, and it's fucking disgusting. It's gross, and everything's pink, like the water's pink. Yeah, I was like, why is the water white? And then I realized it was like a thousand fish corpses, and I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) This is crazy. So then they like keep walking, and they kind of look over a hill, and they see this like pink ooze well logan's sniffing he's using smell-o-vision yeah he's he's using his smell-o-vision i don't know what is up with this disgusting pink ooze that's like shooting out of the ground like what even is this like it's ivan ooze he's just melted yeah it's sublime (laughs) oh it could be yeah i don't know i'm just i'm taking crazy guesses here. okay and storm is like gagging logan has a joke here where he's like i wish i didn't have these heightened senses because he's like about to vom like smelling whatever the fuck this ooze is i know well then they climb up this like little cliff and they find a whole volcano i don't know what that yeah it's like a volcano it's like a pink volcano or something i don't even know it's like exploding ooze there's a lot of weird shit that happens this episode that is leaves us guessing cool animation though very cool visuals where it's just like it looks weird and not like a natural phenomenon because it's pink and orange and you're like which storm keeps repeating yeah she like even in this scene she's like this I don't know what this is. She's like, I can't even if like. If you know Storm, which of course we do, it's like Storm can't even recognize this as an earthly phenomenon. Yeah. You know? And right. she says that later about a different thing that's going to come up that's really fucking scary. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it's cool to see her being like, I don't understand. Like, this isn't weather. This isn't natural phenomena. This is completely foreign to me. Right. Uh, so then we go over to the bridge that's been twisted by not Magneto. Which Emma points out. Yes, yes. So Hisaku's like, how could this happen? And Emma's like, well, Magneto could easily do something like this, but he's locked away in a maximum security prison. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> Get him you out. Really, yeah. <laughs> Get him to help you guys. Like, hello. Okay, but like, also, Magneto on the show, like an anime Magneto, would be fucking badass. It'd be so fucking sick. I was like, get him in here, guys. Call get him up. Get him in. We're um, ready so for Scott, some Magneto action. Scott is like, Magneto or not, I think it's safe to assume that mutants are involved, which does seem like a safe assumption to me. So then we see Scott driving the Hummer with Emma and Hisako inside. And oh, this uh, for scene... some reason, I thought they were the Blackbird, but that makes no, no, more no, sense. No, 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 They're in a, they're in a this car. This seems great because Hisako is just like, Hey, Scott, uh, Hank said the other day that you have a really bad wound that you can't heal from. So what's up with that? And Cyclopsis was like silent. And I was like, so Emma uh... and Scott gasp. They both gasp as soon as they hear this because, of course, they each have their own reasons. Like Emma's like, Hisago, why the fuck are you bringing up the one thing that like we only recently got over? Like Jean fucking died. Scott thinks I did it. Why are you doing this? Such a teenager move. But she doesn't know any better. And it's really cute the way she asked. She's like, so sorry to ask but like i heard that you're really sad like what's up with that and scott like refuses to talk he just like gets silent and starts freaking the fuck out like gripping the steering wheel and emma just goes hisako sometimes things happen that people would rather not talk about (laughs) (laughs) scott is just like fuming silently and hisako just goes sorry scott doesn't (laughs) fume we have another fucking flashback with like cyclops screaming gene we see the necklace again emma in the background this time and now he's kind of going back to being mad at emma even though he knows she wasn't really there the PTSD flashback of seeing her is enough that I, at least that's how I interpreted this visual is Scott kind of being like, it's like when you have a dream about somebody that they do something terrible to you. And then in your waking world, you're like, 
that didn't really happen. That person did not do that, but you like still feel like a little mad and you're like, I don't know what to do with this feeling. Like that is just the feeling that Scott is living in 24 seven right now because he's like, I know it wasn't Emma, but like, who the fuck was it? I'm just mad because <laughs> Jean was killed by someone or something and we don't know what really happened. Yeah, we don't know. So then we get a dinner table scene. Because, <laughs> you know, we we were wondering what's going on with these characters. We got to get them at the dinner table. Yep. So Logan's sitting at Hasako's dinner table and he and uh, the rest of the X-Men are there and they're all kind of debriefing one another about what each of them saw. And Logan is like, I don't know what made that sulfur spew into the river, but let me tell you, it ain't natural. And Storm is like, any more than steel bridges tying themselves in knots. And Emma's like, well, I don't know if it's the U-Men because it's not their style. And Scott just goes, no. The real question is, does this have anything to do with Cerebro's inability to detect mutants or this virus that continues to attack the mutant population? Oh, Which, my God. Scott. This conversation, <laughs> like, what is this conversation? It's now just everyone talking it? past each other, which is kind of interesting. Like, it's like everyone's so stressed out that none of them can, like, actually see the bigger picture, you know? Which, I, okay, by the way, they're doing this in the background. Hisako and Kyoko are, like, giggling and, like, making so out. Cute. like, we gotta go make dinner for these guys. Let's go to the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, they're adorable what? and beast is like i couldn't ask for a more charming pair of assistants they kept making out the whole time but you know so i guess hisako came back at some point and finished up with kyoko I mean, I, who, who even knows, who knows? She, she finished kyoko yeah Damn, she Maddie. finished uh finished up with kyoko okay uh anyway <laughs> wait, I, I, there's like a moment right after this with beast pulling up a map and he's like turns out that my map is just like xavier's map and i was like what <laughs> Like he's like, so anyways, I found this uh, laboratory where Yui Sasaki lives. I mean, they don't know that yet, but he's like, I have an iPad with a map on it. I actually don't know how he got this map. I don't <laughs> I'm looking know back at my notes and it doesn't say that. <laughs> so then Logan walks over and he's like, figures, Chuck's usually right on the money about this stuff. So I guess he's just like, whatever Hank has, whatever data Hank has is corroborating Charles Xavier's information but like it's information we already had yeah so why weren't they already gonna go look into this like that, area that's what i mean i don't really know what that was about it was like the scene was a little weird <laughs> i was like what's happening it was basically just them reminding us that they need to once again go check out the area where cerebro is has they the dead go. zone <laughs> go <laughs> so then they finally go they do and the jet takes off and they come up to the target zone and then emma is suddenly hearing this horrible sound in her head that no one else can hear this is really I mean, creepy. we can hear it yes so they play this cool synthesizer sting in the background for her while she's clutching her head and like moaning softly like she's like i can't hear anything ever again and my head is exploding and i want to die and logan is like we ain't hearing nothing darling and then suddenly the plane starts plummeting to the ground and they can and scott and aurora can no longer control the plane which is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And Scott is like, I've lost control of the plane. And Logan's like, you better get it back fast, pretty boy. And it's like, <laughs> he does call him pretty boy. Maddie's not inserting that in there. No, that that's in there. The actual line. They have a lot of cute Logan lines together. In this. And then They're Storm dating. is like, psych, watch it. We got an incoming missile. And like, there's nothing they can do to avoid it. The missile hits. The, the ship crashes. They've all survived. The ship is on fire, and they're walking together away from it. I don't know how they survived that Me either. crash. I think they maybe um, <laughs> ejected themselves. Happen. Like, do they have uh, parachutes? I don't know. I feel like that would have made more know. sense. Oh, so Emma is still incapacitated. So she's, like, leaning on Storm, like, clutching her head. Okay, wait, hold on. Beast then just goes, judging by that rude welcome, 
one would have to conclude that we're definitely onto something. And Logan's like, thanks, Dr. Obvious. Like, Hilarious. I laughed really hard because Beast just was like, he's like, seems like that <laughs> our theory is correct because we were attacked. And everyone's like, what? Yeah. what? Why are you saying that, Beast? Like, I love it. Like, Beast is like, it seems like something's going on around here. And Emma's like in the background <laughs> screaming from pain that no one else can hear. And it's like, yeah, you think? Yeah, is your is your scientific data supporting that hypothesis, Beast? Thanks. He like, pulls out the map. He's yeah. like, "Hold on." I mean, I literally, see... the, the scene later in the fight scene that is my favorite is also him doing this again because it's. I well, just I'm obsessed with Beast. He's like point. a video game character in this this whole episode. Yeah, where he's like scanning and he's like, "Hmm, interesting." And like the boss is attacking him, and he's like, "Oh, well, the weak spot." is over here <laughs> oh and it's my like God. beast hurry up like what are you doing okay but before that we have this crazy scene yeah. where we hear this like monster scream in the background it's horrifying it's really cool it's creepy it's like a wolf howl but like echoed and like all these filters are on it. it's like it's like a really yeah. creepy in unnatural sound fucking Hisaku's like emma is that what you're hearing and emma's just screaming still and the ground is shaking yeah emma's like incapable of answering okay wait 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 hold on this is <laughs> I it knew cuts you around. would love this. It I cuts knew away you would love for this. For like two seconds. This yep. is the only time we see him. It yep. just cuts away yep. to Xavier on yep. Cerebro. Xavier, and he goes, thousands and thousands of miles away. He just goes, oh, the X-Men are in danger. That's it. Great That's it. danger. That's I was like, thanks, Xavier. Useless. Fucking useless. Just doing wheelies alone in the mansion always. And then he's like, wait, fuck. The X-Men are in danger. Well, Xavier's never been useful. So there's that. But uh, so with the Blackbird, it looks like these like Japanese spirits that look like snow are coming up out of the ground and sucking. But okay. But it also looks like fucking tentacles as well. Like it's like snow tentacles. Like that's I'm like, is it sublime? Yeah, I don't know. And so these snow tentacles or tendrils, like ghostly tendrils, reach out and they envelop the X-Jet and they're like eating it? Yeah. And okay, and then Logan has this fucking hilarious line where Logan just goes, really? Come on, Storm. Can't you do something about that freaky snow? (laughs) I was like, yeah, Logan. And Aurora's like, I could if it was the weather. That's not snow I've ever seen. I like this yeah, line for like, her too, where she's like, she's like, I don't know what the that fuck is. that is. That's a fucking ghost. I don't know. And then the metal <laughs> in the background is crunching because this ghost is eating the jet. Like it's eating it. And then the jet gets sucked into the ground. How are they going to get back to New York? Whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, they kind of bring that up right away next. So like first Emma suddenly stands up and is fine and she's not screaming anymore. And has yeah. and the the ghost has gone away and the ground is flat because the jet has been eaten and everything's gone and it's like as though nothing happened but they don't have a jet anymore. Right. <laughs> Sako is like, uh, "Are you feeling better?" And Emma's like, "A little." The noise has stopped. And Logan's like, "Got that going for us. All we need now is a really big snow shovel." <laughs> and Beast is like, "Even if we dig the Blackbird out, the damage from that missile is going to require extensive repairs." And Scott is like, yeah. "Hank's right. Looks like we're grounded for the moment, but we can't stay here." We're going to have to hoof it. <laughs> but instead, a laser shoots yes! out of nowhere, yes! creates an avalanche on the X-Men. Cyclops finally opens his eyes and melts the snow. I, okay, this is so good. As soon as the snow disappears, 
all the X-Men have their best Final Fantasy battle poses yeah, on. Yeah, they look so they are, like, sexy. Ready to like, fight. all the X-Men suddenly pose, and the fight scene is, like, salsa music. It's like, da 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 I actually enjoyed the music <laughs> I loved here. it. I loved it. I had a great time. This is when Sublime shows up, and he's in his, like, his Gundam. Took me a while to figure it out, but he's in a mech suit, and he's screaming, are you ready for round two? I like it. That's so funny, because my note says, a U-Man robot jumps out of the sky. Oh, it turns out that Sublime is in this thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I figured it out immediately i don't know where you I'm, were I, so look i don't know sometimes i just can't figure out things that are happening on this show i also describe this music as uh the music here is like a sonic the hedgehog boss battle that sounds right i mean i described it as cool fight scene salsa music okay so that is what i wrote and uh, both right. of those things are the same thing this boss battle is actually pretty fun because this is sublime showing up he's like okay so now that i spent six episodes <laughs> analyzing Gathering you data i have created a bunch of weapons that is going to counteract your powers yes. allegedly allegedly and it does work at first so like when scott is shooting all of his eye beams at this at this mech suit it is absorbing them and then shoots them back at scott bishop style and logan is like how dare you like it's so funny his reaction to this he's like that does it how dare you fucking hit my boyfriend i love him i don't know we're both upset about genie but we're making out on the side so let me fucking kill you yeah right <laughs> and sublime inside the robot is like all right i got fucking shit for you too adamantium kiddo this is like i don't even understand what's happening but but he basically shoots these giant missiles that stick to Logan like a magnet and they get so hot. They're like a bunch of Donkey Kong barrels that are like shooting electricity at Logan. It's Sublime's like, so anyway, this is going to get you so hot that the adamantium in your body is going to melt. I'm like, I don't think that's how that works. I, I don't I think either. that was the whole purpose of adamantium is that it's indestructible. I don't so. know. I mean, I guess it does melt because th they do show it like melted, but. Yeah. So poor Logan is like now burning alive, which yeah. sucks. Yep. Uh, and it's Logan and he can't die. So it's just pain. Yeah. So he's just screaming while surrounded by Donkey Kong barrels that are electrocuting him and melting him. Uh, yeah. And now Storm's like, oh, fuck this. And so she flies up in the air and Sublime's like, I've got a kite. So he throws this kite at Storm, which she electrocutes. Which absorbs all of her electricity and then shoots it back at her. Yeah. Which, okay, sure. Why not? Okay, I, I, so whatever. now, Maddie, <laughs> it is your favorite part with Beast. <laughs> Well, part of the first piece of Beast. I love it. So Beast runs over to save Logan, adorable. And Logan is like, stay back. And Beast kind of like dodges a blast from the robot. And then he just like is standing there in the middle of a fight scene and he goes, hmm, formidable. But he must have a weak spot somewhere. And then slowly <laughs> takes out his fucking Google glasses, like slowly takes them out and puts them on. Like fucking Samus Aaron. And they show him like scanning or like the Terminator or whatever. He's like scanning Sublime for weak spots and like reading the fucking like Chozo data about this fucking, you know, boss battle. And like yeah. Sublime is like shooting at Hisako and Emma at this point. And Beast is fucking scanning in the background. Like he's scanning for the next two minutes. <laughs> It really is like the hero character in a video game where like you see the NPCs fighting and they, yes. they can just keep going on and on and on while yes. you, the player, and tries Beast to figure it out. He's just fucking scanning shit. He's yeah. like, hmm, scanning, scanning. So then Sublime is about to fucking kill Hisako and Emma. But also he has a line here, Sublime does, where he's like, I don't really have any data on you two, but 
you're girls, so you're probably just going to die instantly. And I was like, uh, yeah. yeah. Which is, <laughs> uh, he doesn't literally say that, but I felt like that was the implication of his line. That's Emma and Armor, so they're like, mm, so about that. Yeah, so they're like, we're going to fucking murder you in cold Yeah, blood. like Sublime goes to shoot Armor, Emma turns into Diamond to block it, and then she uses her tele- telepathy, and she's like, okay, so I can't Something's even... blocking it, yeah. Right, and then Sublime goes to attack Emma, and Armor turns into like a giant kaiju monster, and she's yeah. just like starts beating the shit out of him and then beast with his google glasses comes back yeah he goes the energy source is at the top of the spinal column then that's my target and just starts running full tilt towards the boss yeah this is very zelda it's so funny it's like you're like okay so he's just been standing there stock still staring at the boss for the past two minutes and then finally he's like okay i'm done scanning and starts running full tilt towards the boss and he leaps onto the back of the robot and then i think he like Put some mine onto it or something? Yeah, he puts some kind of bomb in there because Sublime knocks him off. He's like, you're a little bitch. And Beast is like... He does like 60 somersaults in the air and then lands beautifully and is like... He does. It's really great. (laughs) I kind of loved it. And so this blast does actually fuck Sublime up. It does. The the missiles on Logan gets free. And Beast gets his like epic nerd one-liner where Beast is like, you're not the only one who came prepared, my friend. And I was like, yeah, never (laughs) fuck with a nerd. (laughs) So then Logan is suddenly free because now that Sublime's been exploded, all the barrels that were attacking Logan stop attacking him, apparently. Right. He's free. Everyone's free now. Armor's still facing off on Sublime. But then there's this incredible moment where Emma goes diamond yes. and uses her heel to kick through Sublime's Gundam and put her heel in his face. Yep. Fucking epic. So I good. It. I love it. We get a big zoom in on her sexy boot heel crushing his face. <laughs> It's incredible. It's like, damn you all to hell. <laughs> and then he gets ready to shoot them. Logan claws off the Gundam's legs. So Sublime falls over and just explodes. Yeah. And there's like, the, there's a shot of a snow mountain, but it looks like a giant penis. I know, yep. made note yep. of that. Also, uh, like when Logan cuts apart Sublime, it's like a fucking Dragon Ball Z cross with a samurai move where he like lands facing away from the robot and then it like falls apart yeah. behind him. You know what I mean? Like he cuts it. And then it doesn't fall apart right away. He like lands and then it like falls apart. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like no, so corny. No, I know exactly corny. what we're talking about. <laughs> and then like everybody is just like on the ground. Like, okay, I guess Sublime's fucking dead. And Scott is like, is everyone okay? And Storm sarcastically is like, sure, never better. I really like that she's constantly sarcastic on this show. It's like really funny to me. And Logan is just like, everything still seems to be where it belongs, which I guess for Logan is like, as much medical knowledge as he has about his own body is that he like looks at his arms and he's like, I guess they're still here. And they all look at Sublime's body, which is just lying on the ground. And so Sublime has this arm that has like an iPad attached to it. Basically he's got like a cyborg arm and Hank is looking at it at the iPad. And he's like, what do we have here? Some sort of mutant detector. How fascinating. It would appear that the human have developed their own version of Cerebro. And then Scott has this fucking stupid line (laughs) well scott's not smart he's like yeah but why (laughs) and and first of all that's an insane thing to say because in every other adaptation of the x-men or actual x-men story cerebro is the thing that they never want any anti-mutant bigot to get a hold of because then they could just find all mutants and kill them instantly which is exactly what the human are doing so like what do you mean yeah but why scott this is terrifying they're capable of tracking down any mutant Like, what do you mean? Why? It's fucking stupid. Anyway, so Scott goes, I thought devices like that wouldn't even work here. I mean, this whole area is a dead zone. And like, it doesn't occur to him that maybe that's like related to what's going on. I know. But then Sublime is like, 
So it's not tracking mutants, idiots. It's tracking this monster, and it's going to fuck you all up. Anyway, self-destruct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he just fucking taps on his device and is like, self-destruct, and then they all have to run away while Sublime blows himself up. Well, also, Sublime is having a whole monologue that's not important. He's just describing this monster in full detail. And he's like, yeah, he's like, better to die now than to face that monster. And I was like, is the monster the thing that ate the jet? Like, what's the monster? Or is he talking about Yui Sasaki? Well, there's there's so many things it could be. This is the part of the episode I do like, is that yeah. it is throwing us. Uh, it I is, don't know it what's is. happening. And, and, I mean, much like Scott, I guess I'm as stupid as he is, where I'm like, are these what's things happening? related? Like, what's yeah. what's going on? Like, what? And so, like, he self-destructs, and then after he's just a smoking mass of metal, Beast is like, well, it's a pity he's dead. I really wanted to examine his device further. I was like... <laughs> Beast, he's perfect. So then Scott is like, okay, then, if the U-Men aren't the ones cloaking this area from Cerebro Scanners, who <laughs> is? Line. And Logan just goes, don't look at me, Slim. I just stab things, which... <laughs> Perfect line. Love it. Great line. Yeah. We get a quick shot of Mastermind inside of his little room where he goes, disappointing. Heh. And I was like, what is this scene? <laughs> this is Demon again. Yep. Uh, so now there's a huge snowstorm, yeah. which for so- oh, wait, I was going to say, some reason Storm can't control it, but Storm's powers are shut off here along with Emma's. Um, yeah. Everybody's kind of fucked here. Yeah. And it kind of like, Emma's tits must be frozen <laughs> because everyone is like wearing clothes, but Emma's wearing like sexy sexy midriff bearing corset and a cape and so she is like wrapping herself in her cape but she looks really fucking cold and then Hisako collapses and Scott is like is she all right and Logan picks her up and is like why don't you let Beast carry you for a while smells like a drowned cat but it'll keep you warm because he knows he knows from personal experience okay I love this because like Hank's like all right, you can't die, Armor, because we've got a date to a musical. And Logan's like, but I wanted to see a baseball game instead, which implies that Beast and Logan are going on a date and bringing Hasako like oh, their child. It's really cute. It's really cute. So then Logan sniffs the air and he's like, I'm getting something right up ahead. And then we get a slow, slow pan up to a little cabin yep. in the wilderness of this blizzard. And then they they knock on the door, of course, because they're going to fucking die otherwise. And Right. It's like a huge ski lodge, by the way. Yeah. It's another ski lodge. That's, that's where what everybody lives in, in the mountainous regions of not just Japan. If, if you live in a snowy mountain, you live in a ski lodge, as far as I'm Warren's concerned. Warren's there on his ski lodge also, screwing about Apocalypse I again. I wish Warren was there. I would love if Warren was there. She is not there. Unfortunately, it's Yui Sasaki, who seems sketchy as fuck. As soon as she opens a door, she looks like an evil villain immediately. She does. So she is beautiful, but also animated to look significantly older. So she's like, I don't know, she's like 62, but she's a stone cold fox. And uh, she's got red hair and she's also got red glasses on, like pale red lenses, which is very like, just evil. You know, why are you wearing that? <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, why are you wearing red glasses, lady? <laughs> she's wearing anime stereotypes of like all red, red yep, glasses, yep. very growl. Yep. We're bringing some growl vibes here. Absolutely. Yeah. So Scott is like, sorry to bother you. We got we got caught with a flat. How about that? <laughs> yeah, really. And like they're all it really is like fucking Rocky Rats open the door and, and she and Sasaki is like, Hello, you're wet. You're wet. Uh, <laughs> thanks for that. You're yeah, hello, you're, wet. you're cold. Uh, <laughs> 
So she lets them in. Don't you think it's crazy that they're wearing all these like huge it's costumes? But they don't have anything else to wear. I mean, it's not like they the, the X-Jet has been eaten by snow animals. No, I just think it's funny. Like if it was just a normal person, which it's not because that's not of how course. the story's going to go. If it was just a random person, they'd be like, uh, why are these people <laughs> in Halloween costumes out in the snow? Yeah. And also like, why is one of you like a blue cat man? Like, what is going on? And another one of you is, like, wearing a white corset and nothing else. And one of you has, like, a huge visor on. Like We were filming a movie. Yeah. And she's like, what kind of movie? And Logan's like, what do you think? And he's, like, winking and flexing his muscles. And Sasaki's like, right? I'm going to let you in, but I don't know why I'm doing this. Oh, so she's going to make the tea. And immediately, okay, I don't know what's going to happen in the next episode. But she's like, I'll make you all tea. I'm like, don't drink the tea. <laughs> Ryan's just screaming in the background. This is like me watching horror movies in general. It's I like, know. This is a very horror movie setup where it's like they... Well, I'm like sitting there I'm like, this bitch is going to die. So... Yeah. Uh, something, something bad's going to happen. But like there's this crazy scene where Hasaka's just staring at this woman for yes. a long time. And then she's like, wait a second. You're Dr. Sasaki. And I went to your school. In fact, I have all these memories that I've completely forgotten about until this moment. Yes. Yeah, suddenly... All her memories come back as soon as she sees this woman's face. It's like something happens and she's like, wait a second. I know you. I know. Which I actually really liked because it's so creepy. It's so weird. It is weird. very creepy. And like Hisako is like awkwardly laughing too. Like the voice actress's delivery here. She's like, isn't this so weird, guys? Ha 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 ha. And Emma is like, yeah, it is. It's really uh, well, fucking weird. <laughs> like, well, before they, we even get to that point, there's a moment where Hisako just starts screaming about Dr. Sasaki. Yes. And Emma has this like facial expression that's animated really well where you could see Emma be like, oh shit, something's not right here. Yeah, because she Emma remembers seeing it in Xavier's mind. Remember, in the last episode, she was like, so who's Yui Sasaki and do we need to do some shit with her? And Xavier's like, why were you in my mind? And she's like, because you were like screaming it telepathically at me and I couldn't resist hearing it. And Xavier is just like, whatever, I don't want to talk talk to you. (laughs) And just like wheels out of the room. Yeah, it turns out that this is the old headmistress, Dr. Sasaki. Of this mysterious school that brainwashes students as soon as they leave. All right. And then Hisako's like, it's me, Hisako Ichiki. Ha ha ha. And she goes on and on. And she's like, isn't that weird, Emma? And I was like, yeah. Actually, something fucked up is going on here. Yeah. Hello. Uh, <laughs> but also, she can't really say that because Sasaki is like right fucking there and being like, yeah, it's me, the headmistress. I know. I'm a crazy bitch. <laughs> and then suddenly it's credits and we're like, wait, what? What's going on? Oh, I actually no. liked this cliffhanger because usually, yeah, I as it. I said, it ends with Xavier's stone cold monologue about everything that happened in the Monologuing episode. being like, the X-Men are in danger. What are they going to face next time? Who knows? Yeah, right. This actually ends with somebody being like, I don't know who the fuck this bitch is, but she's not being presented as evil or good. I'm assuming evil, but it could also be it like. Could be a misdirect. Right. Yeah. But I like my working theory. To anybody that's already watched this show and it's gonna be like Ryan, that's not what's happening. But I like this working theory that like she is somehow involved with the human and responsible for everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming she's evil because she's wearing red glasses. At, well, she's wearing red glasses, which that's a huge red flag. Red, yeah. red, red flag, red everywhere. <laughs> 
Yeah, she's the red queen. You're saying I wear a lot of red. So what do you say about me? <laughs> well, you got skulls everywhere. I mean, we've gone over this. Uh, That's true. I am a super villain. I don't. Why am I even like contesting that? Why would it, I'm like, guys, I'm a good guy. Like I always wanted to be the super villain. They're the cool ones. Yeah, you and Yui Sasaki are clearly clearly right. in cahoots. But so the other reason I think she's evil is because at least in the morality of this show, erasing somebody's memories is presented as a bad thing. Like it's funny because in the past Xavier has done that shit constantly, and you and I. I have been like, isn't this really fucked up? But this is the first show that has actually presented that as being the case and has repeatedly emphasized the idea of consent with regard to using telepathic powers. Like, even in the last episode where Emma's like, look, I wasn't going digging around in your mind for Yui Sasaki. You were like broadcasting that angrily out into the universe. You know what I mean? Like, this this concept of how these telepathic characters use their powers it's reminding me of that question that Todd asked us about, like, what are ethical ways for characters with telepathy to use their powers? And like, that is kind of what is being presented here. Right. And I, I thought that was really interesting and part of why I see Sasaki as a villain, because she is presented as somebody who is, for some reason that we don't yet know, she took away Hisako's memories. And we're like, why? That's weird. You know, that's enough yeah. for me to be like, I don't trust this bitch. Right. <laughs> like, that's me, you know? So yeah, anyway, I really liked this episode. <laughs> uh, I'm with you. I feel like that, yeah, she's evil. I don't have anything else. I was going to try and like uh, extract some more from what you just said, but I think you covered it pretty well. So <laughs> What are you, you going to rate the episode, you think? This is a tough one. I'm going to say four out of five. It's not a five yet. Um, I yeah. think it's more than a three because I think there's a lot of weight in the episode that I can stand by. And it does a lot of interesting things. Like, I think this is the first episode of a long time where we've had a good start to ending where it's like, OK, we started here. We know that we have to go back to Japan and figure out what's going on with this dead zone. We get to the dead zone. Uh, well, first we stop by and we see what's happening to these mutants that are like infected with uh, n- another AIDS metaphor. A virus. Yeah, we've got multiple plot points, but they've all been juggled pretty well. And then we go to the dead zone. Yeah. We get attacked in the dead zone and we don't know what's going on. And now we don't have a ship. And so now we wind up in Dr. Sasaki's house, but it's like evil. I think it all works out. I think it's a good st- a good story start to finish. I just like I wasn't like mind blow yet. Yeah, no, I I think it's a four as well. I did feel like this episode was the first time where I thought that it was kind of silly that they bothered to go all the way back to New York City for two days. I was like, really? You guys couldn't have just found a lab for Hank in Japan and kept all the characters in Japan? Like, that would have been fine. It doesn't make any sense for them to go back to New York for no reason. They had to go back to Xavier so Xavier could go into Emma's brain because he's not out there. So there's that. But why can't he just be out there? It just seems really silly that they have to go. Oh, who the fuck knows? I, I, I just, I, it felt like a weird problem. That's not even in this episode, really. Well, you're not wrong, but I, I felt like it, it was more noticeable because at the very beginning of this episode, Xavier's like, time to go back to Japan. And I'm like, why were you guys in New York then? Like, what is going on? Why are we going back and forth this way? Also, why didn't Xavier go with them now is my question. Yeah. The second time. Great question. Great question. He's like, listen, I can't reach you from here because there's a dead zone, but go to Japan and call me, I guess. Yeah. On your cellular telephone. Yeah. It makes even less sense. I guess it's supposed to be like he's really old yeah. in this version of reality. Well, I guess. I mean, Logan's who, always making fun of him for being old. Who even knows? 
I just think the episode like has a lot of pieces that don't need to be there. Like there's a lot of them just having discussions like on the Blackbird or in Hisako's mm-hmm. house. There's that a are lot just of repetition. Repeat, and I'm like, we could cut this and get to what's going on. I actually don't have a problem with the fight scene. I know that you were like, what's going on? But I think it was like more. I thought it was a little confusing at first, but I figured it out. And I did end up thinking it was pretty cool. I liked Beast using his Google Glass. That was fun. But yeah, it's a 4.5. I mean, I. Well, I like that Sublime like used stuff that would counteract their powers. And we got to see that as in this turn-based battle and then meanwhile Beast in the background <laughs> talking to Navi being like alright give me yeah. info she's like Beast listen Hello? listen over here. over here Beast if you use the platform you can jump on top of his back <laughs> use the hook shot Beast yeah so I I don't know it's a four to five really liked it yeah I Thought mean it's it just fun. pretty good still just a little slow. Still shipping Scott and Logan. Oh my God, they're which gay. I guess I guess we can do a quick who's gay. Well, no, we have to do a who's that X Men first. Oh, all right. All right, ready? Who's that X Men? Very short, but finally, since we were confirmed that this was Sublime, I was like, let's explain this because and he I don't know. Died? Question mark. So he might not well, be that's, back. That's what I mean. I'm like, I don't really know what's happening with Sublime in this story. Like, he could yeah. very much be the version of him from the comic books, and they're just, like, bring him back. It's very possible that the shit that's affecting the mutants is Sublime. Yeah. Well, okay, so Kick, the so the mutant drug, Kick, is him, basically. All right, let me, let me explain this. Okay, so he is from the Grant Morrison era. He was created by Grant Morrison, which is really fun. His first appearance was technically in Marvel Comics Presents number 79, but we didn't know who he was. And he came back in uh, New X-Men Annual 2001, where they actually named him as Sublime. Sublime is a self-appointed name of a sentient bacterial life form that arose during the beginnings of life on Earth. It found endless numbers of hosts it could infect, except for mutants, which were immune to Sublime's infection. Mm. So... As a bacteria, he is trying to figure out how to evolve. Or survive, essentially. Yes. And mutants would pose a threat to him if he can't grow in their bodies. Right. And this is a little bit later on, but there's there's another sentient bacteria called Archaea that is they call it like his sister okay. bacteria and there's there's all there was a whole plot line about them both again recently on Marauders um huh. the, the new run of Marauders but yeah so like just so you know there's these oh, there's these two bacterial infections I immediately have always thought this was very cool because bacteria oh, yeah stories i mean like zombie stuff is kind of in the same it's a fun horror premise too to have like a sentient bacteria that is like i want to infect people like that's kind of fun yeah there's i mean there's a whole lot of the backroom stuff that i love is about people who like get infected by this bacteria Mm -hmm. back there and then become the bacteria you know yeah so during the weapon plus project sublime took over a human body and dubbed himself dr john sublime and while he remained behind the scenes and manipulated the weapon plus project he's Essentially the one that installed Dr. Malcolm Concord as the director of Weapon X and worked with the team to create Wolverine. As millions more mutants were being born worldwide, Sublime took steps to ensure the extermination of mutant kind because it's a threat to him. Right, right, right. He doesn't want humans to die out. He wants he wants mutants to die out. It makes total sense to me. Well, he wants mutants to die out because if he can't infect the mutants and there's more mutants survive. than humans. Yeah. Exactly. So he is responsible for creating the trans species movement also known as homo perfectus a group of mutants born in human bodies which are humans who are empowering themselves by grafting mutant body parts into their own bodies mm-hmm. this is the militant faction known as the human 
And they also consider the world to be impure, which is why they like to seal themselves instead of uh, containment suits. So there's like a couple different things going on here. The X-Men discover Sublime's farm of mutant prisoners who are being harvested for body parts to give the human powers. Sublime's planted a mutant healer at one of these prisoners to be rescued by the X-Men, but was actually a mole for Sublime. Mm. Zorn was revealed to be a false Magneto at one point. He was addicted to the drug Kick, which was uh, Sublime's bacterial body in concentrated doses to finally be able to infect and possess a mutant, which is why in Grant Morrison's run, we had like that super evil Quentin Quire and Sophie Cuckoo, mm-hmm. evil, super evil fake Zorn, just people like jacked up and their powers going out of control, which is what's happening in this episode. I know. And, and in general in this show, which is part of why I'm like, okay, so is Sublime and Kick somehow involved in this virus and so on? I think it is Sublime in the show and that like that body he's in was just a body. Like it's just yeah. yet another person. And I think Mastermind could be talking to any of these human and be calling them Sublime for all we know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so Sublime and the humans spread their influence to New York City where they kidnapped a telepath, Martha Johansson, and harvested her still living brain to be used as a weapon against the x-men this came up recently i think in new x-men or new mutants did you read the plot where martha was like talking about her ptsd from john sublime yeah this is all vaguely familiar i read the marauders stuff too so yeah yeah like that all came up and so johansson resisted and forced sublime to fall from emma's frost grip when he was about to die but sublime of course is an organism so he survived regenerated the host body it returned to overseeing the Weapon Plus program. Um, yeah, I don't. I didn't even have this in my notes, but there is a very recent plot line with Martha facing John Sublime because he shows up and he tries to take her back. And now Martha's got a body again in the Krakoa age. At first, she like freezes up. It was really fucked up, but she's like, and eventually she fights back. And it's like fuck this guy. Mm-hmm. Later on, Chamber our favorite. I love Chamber. He's so fucking cool. He infiltrates the Weapon X organization to assassinate Sublime and Chamber incinerates Sublime, but of course he regenerates and like, unless you, it's like Venom. It's like, if you, unless you get all of Venom or all the bacteria, like he can just regenerate. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, Like it's just, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, he's also, Sublime's also responsible for the birth of the Stepford Cuckoo. So if you've read that story, I think it's Phoenix War. It's either, I think it's Phoenix Warson, right? I don't remember. It's one of those two. I, I think Ensong's the one where Jean Grey comes back again briefly. Yes. Ensong, the cuckoos are already a thing. Yeah. So it's not that. Right. So I think it's Warsong. I think you're right. I think it is Warsong. And uh, basically, Sublime has extracted thousands of eggs from the ovaries of Emberfrost and had harvested them into humanoid nanite hybrids designed to be killing machines. The hub of his program was the Five Sisters, which were sent to Xavier's Institute to be trained in the use of their telepathy. Obviously, mm-hmm. they are there for Emberfrost at this point and not Sublime. So, yep, yep, yeah. Yeah. And Sublime recently returned in the Krakoa age. He like surrenders himself to the X-Men, hoping that he can fight his sister bacteria, the Archaea, which was taking over something else. I also want to mention this, but this isn't like directly involved with Sublime, but the sentient bacteria Archaea did travel to Earth at one point, hunting for her brother Sublime, right? And when one of the meteors like lands in uh, Budapest, I think, Jubilee finds this baby orphaned by the meteor strike. And that baby was like being used as a host by Archaea. So 
if you go back and read the all female X Men team, there's a little like crossover with Sublime in that. Okay. Because like Sublime does show up and he tries to warn Jubilee and Shogo about his sister Arcad and being like, "You think I'm bad? <laughs> yeah, but like, watch out for this little baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so like, it's a fun story. I I just want to make mention of it. That's more of an Arcea story than it is um a Sublime story, though. Cool. Uh, but that's pretty much who Sublime is, which is what I felt like we should do a little highlight on him just because i think it might give us a little context to what might be going on in this that's why i was like i think the monster is just sublime i think it's the bacteria that we're seeing or it's sasaki and it's there's multiple things going on i mean it seems like part of why the x-men are so confused is that there's multiple things going on i would like the twist that dr sasaki is also being controlled by the sublime at this point that's possible that would be fucking sweet right but i do think what's being injected into these mutants that's making them transform is sublime because that checks out with what his actual power and his whole history is in the comic books and this does seem to be playing very specifically from grant morrison's run so I would not be surprised if that's where it's going. It's very strange that I have not actually finished this TV show. It's like this and the Wolverine anime are like the only shows I didn't actually finish. So it's fun. It's fun. It's fun to watch. Them. Oh, and Legion. I didn't see the final scenes in Legion. Yeah. But it is fun to go back and watch this and be like, okay, so I actually don't know what's happening anymore. So to our listeners that have watched the X-Men anime, just know that we don't know what the fuck's happening. I'm just making educated guesses right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think everybody knows that. And it's been very cute for Todd to be like trying not to spoil it for us in, in our Slack and everything. Like everybody. He did. He did spoil us about the fish in this episode by accident because like no that's the episode you reviewed right it's like no that's not where we are yet and then he's like he's like i'll never spoil anything again i'm like well you can spoil me because i like literally actively look up spoilers yeah and neither of us really care that much i mean i've i've looked things up and sort of seen things by accident i feel like there are moments where i don't want to be spoiled and it depends on what it is like i'm right now for some reason i haven't watched it but there was a scream tv show that came out like six years ago haven't watched it didn't learn anything about it which is great because i actually don't know who the killer is in both seasons it's actually me yeah but like (laughs) i don't know it's like stuff like that where it's like I think I think like when it's a mystery yeah, yeah, that yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. really want to know because I'm like no I want to get like and I, I, I feel the same way about this show I mean this show is a mystery that's part of why I think it's so fun to watch because we're like wait right. who's who's who who's responsible for each of the things that's happening like is mastermind we don't know what's going taking on. control I mean at least at this point we know that it's not Emma Frost but Scott was adamant about even though there's like all these other potential people it could be scott was like it's gotta be emma because emma was there because i saw her with my eyes and i have great vision <laughs> yeah are, do we have any way of proving that scott was actually looking at emma in that moment because he doesn't we don't know, know how like, to aim his eyes scott's like listen when i open my eyes i kill people but i definitely <laughs> saw emma frost so oh my god all right are we ready to talk about who's gay speaking of scott summers the There's a lot of gay happening in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, so you you just brought up Scott, so I guess Scott. <laughs> well, I feel like Logan Scott is more Logan. defending Scott. I just thought it was really cute when right after Scott gets hit by his own eye beams, Logan just goes, "That's it." And I was like, "Why is that it?" Like, what do you <laughs> mean? Logan like and- Logan. Well, also like Logan and Beast are dating. Logan's dating both Scott and Beast in this, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. I love that Logan and Beast are going to be going on a date together and bringing Hisako in as their child. It's very cute. Meanwhile, Hisako is also dating Kyoko. They are together. <laughs> 
like everyone's gay. There's like no straight characters here. I guess Hisako's parents, mm-hmm. maybe, and Emma. Emma's just standing there being like, I don't have anything going on, but the rest of you are fucking, clearly. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I guess it's up to Emma and Storm to hook up, right? <laughs> I don't know if Storm and Emma are going to hook up, but I, I do feel like Emma's trying to mack on the disaster bisexual that is Scott Summers. I mean, not yet, but I, you know that's going to happen at some point. Oh, my Storm God. Storm is tragically single on this show. Well, Although she did ride on the back of Logan's bike that one time. It could happen. I mean, yeah, it's because it's not gay, but she did have that. There's also some good gay metaphors in here, yeah. specifically with the, the virus. virus that is infecting... And bees- helping out his fellow fellow mutants i really like that i mean i just like beast generally as his as he's depicted you know when he's a nice person i (laughs) i like it i like this version of beast i liked his little google glass i thought all that was really cute there's no version of beast i don't like yeah Uh, also mastermind very homoerotic villain oh my god he's just he might be the gayest i mean he's sitting there i don't even know what the fuck he's wearing he's kind of the gayest even though he's only had two lines he's wearing like a purple goth trench coat and like sipping wine and, be and like, like his purple contacts yeah. and he's like using a uh, laser hair removal to make sure his beard is perfectly straight i don't perfect. know perfect well i mean we don't know it's mastermind he just makes people think that oh yeah you're right what am i saying he can just look, make his beard look perfect whatever he wants yeah i'm also like ready for dr yu sasaki to be like an evil lesbian like i i don't know she's wearing a power suit i am rooting for that yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i don't know we're, we're gonna see what what her energy is like but so far her visual design is is giving me evil lesbian like it's uh it's um god what was the name of that character from wolverine and the x-men that we liked the evil lady who was invented just for that show oh god i don't even know sybil zane sybil zane yes anyway yui sasaki also a character who i think was invented for this show right she's not from right. anything so she's got sybil zane energy for that reason too because she's like a sexy older lady who's invented just for this show to be sexy and evil right and older <laughs> so yeah i don't know that's this show that's this episode um okay so mutantages.com it's our website it's a place where you can go to uh find all of our episodes find our past episodes find playlists of us talking about X-Men the Animated Series, X-Men Evolution, Wolverine and the X-Men. You can find it all there. And you can find a ton of different ways to contact us. Our email address, which is themutantages at gmail.com. A link to our Discord server where people are chatting about the show, getting hyped for the X-Men TAS revival. Oh my God. When is that supposed to come out? Do we know? Not soon enough. All the dates have just been fall 2023, but there's no specific release date yet. So we know it's fall. Oh, that's all we know. Okie dokie. We've got a voicemail inbox, which is 1508-319-1668. And we have a P.O. box where you can send us physical mail at P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. We're all over social media. We're the Mutant Ages on every single platform. I'm at Mitty Myers on all those platforms as well. If you want to follow just me or you can follow Ryan at dot 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 ryan take it away ryan ryan <laughs> who's ryan uh i'm at knuckles? ryan Pagella are you on... there <laughs> knuckles yeah i'm at knuckles the echidna no he's not on twitter <laughs> i'm ryan Pagella on twitter ryan.pagella on instagram we also have a youtube channel if you want to check out our mutant ages youtube channel mm-hmm. we take clips from the show we match it up with clips from the actual cartoons or movies uh we sometimes do live streams over there we play through x-men video games you can see us make parody videos of the x-men or whatever or watch our old teenage mute our teenage, teenage mutant mutant ninja, ninja turtles, turtles. <laughs> our teenage <laughs> movies from kids that we made and we have reacted to those so yeah. 
Yeah. And if you want to see more of those, you can absolutely go to Patreon because I'm always, I'm always dumping shit over there. Oh so. my god, yes. So patreon.com slash the mutant ages is where we dump the stuff that's too embarrassing to post publicly, but you can pay us and we will yeah, show it I to could, you. I could literally put a video right now of us being 12 years old or running around the house You can screaming. put that up. It's one of our favorite videos. It, it's an insane <laughs> video. I know exactly which one you're talking about. Pretty sure I'm 11 in that. I might be 12. I think I'm 12. I think I might be 13 tops, but like you're like 11 or 12. We so are children who knows? and we have a video camera and uh that's how that went anyway uh, uh role-playing characters uh, that aren't us so, yeah i don't you know. know um we were role-playing as characters from gargoyles and also like self-insert characters at this time period we were a little yeah, young for resident evil but that might be in there. there i mean i i did rewatch it recently and i turned around i'm like what happened to brooklyn and maddie's like we killed him and it's like why did you do that and maddie beat 11 like uh it's sarcasm duh <laughs> Oh my god. So that's the kind of stuff that's on our Patreon, along with bonus episodes that we record when we weren't 11 years old. So if you want to hear us talk yeah. about Black Panther 2, or, you know, all kind of, we got old episodes on there, you can go back, listen to us talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Deadpool 2, all kinds of shit. Um, it's on there. Also, our highest tier Patreon supporters get a shout out on the show. Take it away, Ryan. You want to do super low mastermind voice? I was going to try, like... <clears throat> Samuel B, Soren B, you better watch out because I have the human coming for you. <laughs> ah, the chess also, thank you. are in position. Yeah, thank you for being the kings and the queens on my chessboard, donating to themutantages.com. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy. Anyway, if yeah, you can't right? afford to support the show, please leave us a star rating or a review or share it on your personal social media because that is how people find our show. And uh, yeah, I hope you, y'all are watching along because uh, the X-Men anime is on YouTube, baby, and it's really freaking good. So check that out too. It is. It is. It's a good time. I mean, obviously we're having a good time with it. So highly recommend. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. That was it. See you next time. Ba-da-da-da-da-da. 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 Ba-da-da-da-da-da-da. Ba-da-da-da-da-da-